It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Luke and Pete Show. It is Monday, the 12th of April. Everything is becoming unlocked down and we are free to spit in each other's mouths. Uh, welcome to the show. Luke Moore, uh, would you like a big kiss from me? Chilling start for everyone, chilling I think. Start to but this mostly show. for me. You're such a punk. He's just <laughs> such a punk. You know, I just yeah. love punk music so much. I'm going to open the show by talking about spitting at people. Yeah. It's, to be honest, Peter, it's absolutely pathetic. It, look, if it's not you, it's Margaret Thatcher. Oh, oh bloody hey, Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Bloody Tories. Oy, oy. Careful, Pat. That's a woman you're talking about there. <laughs> what else do punk? What else do punk musicians hate? Um, oh, they hate using locks correctly. The um, capitalism and the capitalisms. The, the capitalisms. What? Capitalisms. They hate capitalisms. Um, they Safety hit pins. right in the ear without a circle around it. True. Um, That's they... for anarchy, brother man. <laughs> they hate combs uh, because yeah. it might disrupt their, uh, their their lovely Mohicans. Speaking um, of um, um, anarchy, Peter, you were once mm. listed as of the eight hosts of the football ramble. You were once listed as the chaotic evil host. Oh yeah, I'll take that. That's nice. You? Is it chaotic evil or chaotic good? Um, chaotic. I don't. I never know how those kind of charts work. What makes you? Because I remember when I used to go to a shop called Myriad in Hartlepool Town Centre to play some role playing back in the day. Next to people. Oh, tell us more about that, Dawson. Um, well, I, I got thrown out. Steampunking. I, I did not respect. I did not respect the dungeon master. Did not respect the game master. <laughs> well, how did that? Manif- how did that disrespect manifest itself? Because he was a bell end, and yeah. I was. On the other hand, you're I, doing role playing games. What do you expect? We were, we were playing. We were playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, role playing. Oh, amazing! Game. I was an armadillo, and uh, what? he wouldn't let. I, I just go. All right, then I, I didn't understand why he is the ultimate kind of authority on stuff. And I was going, all right, well, all right, well, I'm going to roll a d50, or whatever. See if I can fly out the bloody window, uh, mm. and he's like, "No, I, I don't. No, you, you can't do that." We're going. Well, well, let me roll it. Let me roll. See if I do it. And every time he wouldn't let me sort of fly out the window because I'm an armadillo and, and they can't fly. Pete, what um, role does an armadillo play in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role play game? I mean, you would think that he would be quite useful. A 17 year old armadillo. Uh, mutant armadillo it'd be quite useful wouldn't it because if you're surrounded by, by all Hard of these kind of soft shell. stodgy yeah exactly you, you'd be like you'd be like a kind of merc you'd be um, someone who kind of braces the braces the doorway so nobody gets shot or stabbed mm. you're the guy who'd sort of protect everybody because yeah. you've got a nice outer shell as as did the Ninja Turtles presumably 
How did, so um, you, you started this story by saying we were talking about chaotic good and chaotic evil. I came up as like traditional mm. evil, I think. But yeah. what, how does this how does this refer to you That's and your what, days as a steampunk in role playing game? Because it, it steampunk, steampunk is one punk you can get on with, isn't it? <laughs> wasn't this? An, is there an Orny Fools and Horses punk? Uh, there probably was a few kicking yeah. around because it was the eighties. Um, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't respect her as authority, but I remember I was chaotic good, and I don't really understand how those classifications work I'm sure somebody will probably email us about them but so, yeah, so interestingly my wife used to do a bit of uh, spent a bit of time doing those kind of Dungeons and Dragons type role playing things she revealed yeah. to me a few weeks ago I didn't even really know it was a thing when I, I mean, we're pretty much the same age I had no idea we're the same school age yeah. I had really no idea that was even a thing I remember Hero Quest I remember Space Crusade Yeah, enjoyed them but that was never really seen as far as I remember as like a proper nerd thing where you could actually take it up to the max and do like actual proper role playing and it became cool again didn't it because of Stranger Things but, uh, okay did it because they play it a lot of Stranger Things did they right okay and they made yeah. it seem really cool and so and I'm sure it's cool I don't really know anything about it but how did you even find out about this type of stuff you go into this disclosed shop um, and you're you're playing role playing I don't even know it was even a thing that existed back in the 90s in, but, I, in uh, but I think yeah, I think Hero Hero Quest and Space Marines and stuff they were like cut down very yeah. um, kind of WH Smith's versions of the stuff you'd get in the Citadel your entry shops. level your entry level kind of quite broad kind of entry point yeah. uh, to funnel you into your Warhammer or your Warhammer 40,000. I think 40,000 was set in the future and Warhammer was very much set in the past and I certainly preferred the last the the, 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 the early stuff. That said though, with the figurines I did enjoy uh, painting the Space Marines. They, they had some lovely blue colours. Some of greens. them are... Um... Some of those um, paintings are amazing. I mean, oh, it's, incredible! It, I don't, I don't yeah, know how. They're so clever, and it's probably quite popular with children because they've got very sort of um, they've got tiny hands and very sort of delicate. <laughs> kind of, they can sort of get with it. With, I, I can't imagine any grown up um, with old old eyes could 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 paint uh, paint them very well because they're so tiny. But yeah, didn't respect the authority of the uh, of the dungeon master. Um, I was chaotic, good, uh, and mm. I'm not really sure what what the what where the chaos comes from. Where does it actually come from? I don't know. Mm. What, how did it manifest itself? Then you just got booted out and you went asked back. Just got booted out. Was it wasn't wasn't asked back really? I mean, and and to be honest, I had a nicer time not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and did, were you were you introduced to it through a, through a friend or or did you just turn yeah, up? Yeah, I it was a introduced to it through um, a friend called Joel, who worked for the. I think he went on to work for the God Channel. He was a. He, right. he used to take me to. Uh, what to a journey work. he's had. He, t- <laughs> he tried to convert me. He-, he took me to like kind of um, Sunday, you know, like a Sunday school, but it lasts all summer. So right, <laughs> a couple of summers, my mum and dad were absolutely cock a hoop that I'd been taken to some um, some some church for mm. about three months. <laughs> I just got brought back <laughs> completely, and and then you know just watching people singing songs like "Jesus is a Rock and He Rolls My Blues Away" on a out of tune um, Takamine guitar. I like to I like to think of you being actually the perfect most traditional son before that three months. And then when you came mm. back, it was almost like the was birth of a supervillain. <laughs> yeah. We've got what we've got now because of that. That was the I've influence. Seen the other side of it. Well, I think my last kind of trip out with the with the with the church lot was um we went to the um the carnival on on Seaton Carew where where the beach is in near Hartlepool, and um, I um, wet my pants and just oh came really off. just wet myself. <laughs> what you just I went was... straight home? 
Uh, yeah, because because everyone was on the waltzes, and I was like, I can't. I I really need a wee. Right. But I I thought it would be terrible, uh, and I would go missing if I if I ran to the toilets. Um, but I just I just stood there and, and wet myself out of just sheer awkwardness, and that very much sums up me as a person. I would say I would rather yeah, I mean, wet myself. I'd rather defile myself than than than, than make make a stink. Speak up. up a stink. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. can see that. Yeah. I, it, it reminds me of a story. I had a good friend growing up called Adam. And we ended up being friends, really good friends, till we were kind of 18 or 19 or whatever. Mm. Um, we played football together. We were at school together. Anyway, there was a story that neither of us could properly remember or admit <laughs> uh, of when we were... Because we were friends. I think we went to, like, nursery together and everything. So I think we were friends when we were about three or four. Right. And I tried to do the timeline, but I can't really work out which Star Wars film it would have been. But when I was about maybe four or maybe five or whatever, and he was the same age as me... Um, one of the Star Wars films came out. Let's say it was Empire Strikes Back or whatever. And weirdly, for a small town on the south coast um, where I grew up, Gosport, across the harbour from Portsmouth, as you know, they had some kind of Star Wars-like event at my mum's supermarket of choice, right, which okay. was called Main Stop, right? And it involved <laughs> um, people dressed as Star Wars characters in Gosport in the 80s, early 80s, wandering around the supermarket. And I was there shopping with my mum and he was there shopping with his mum. Yeah. And one, my mum and his mum and me and him can never remember which was which, but one of us got so scared by the Darth Vader that we pissed our pants. <laughs> but neither of us can remember who it was, so we'd always claim it was the other. So, yeah. I mean, I was very much scared of the um, of Darth Vader from, from a very young age. And so I've definitely also probably wet myself in public on at least one occasion so how old were you at the time when it happened i don't know to be honest i, I was probably about seven or eight i imagine a little bit later than than, than you would probably expect as someone who was going to urinate themselves but, but it's it's when the social kind of fabric of my life kind of kind of started forming and, and i and i became incredibly embarrassed uh, and quite timid so uh, yeah, it was probably it was probably later than you would sort of want to be pissing your pants, to be quite frank. And and speaking of wetting yourself, have you wet yourself with excitement now that the pubs are open again? Uh, I, I mean, I I spent I spent a weekend. I visited my um my sister, visit my sister, and uh, finally met my niece. Oh, lovely! Um, uh, which is bloody lovely. Um, little little baby Sophie. Um, she's 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 not that into me, to be quite frank. But, right. Um, baby she'll get there. She'll learn. She'll yeah, take she'll you learn. to the heart, her heart, like the nation has. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, baby Emma is 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 definitely on uh, uh, into me, uh, which is good. Um, we went down the swings and I, I sort of walked past the pub and I was like, you know what? On a day like this, where I'm seeing my family, I don't don't miss the pubs to be honest. And then I came home and I walked past a very underwhelming weather spoons and I thought I want to go in there, please. Now, <laughs> yeah, I want to go in there now. Thank you. I woke. <laughs> I woke. I can understand that. I woke my wife up this morning. Because I knew the pubs were open today. I knew a few of my friends. And I, I, I'm not one of these people because I've got well, a lot of work to do today. But I knew a few of my friends who, who have a local and have missed a community of it. And, and you know, we're really looking forward to Are they taking to the today. day off? Uh, well, no. A couple of them, because they're working from home anyway. A couple of them, I think, yeah. have got no meetings in the afternoon. And they're gonna, they've are gonna booked themselves into the pub garden, right? <laughs> On a Monday. Yeah, oh I, opened the, I opened the curtains this morning and woke Mimi up because I saw the snow coming down. Oh, fuck off. So the very day that the pubs were open again, where you could sit in the garden and that's it, it was actually snowing. <laughs> it it's, it's been an insane weekend. Like we started the day sort of driving down through the Peak District and it was snowy. It was just snowing. 
and then it was sunny, and then it rained. You didn't drive, did you, Donny? Were you driving? I didn't drive. No, God, no. That Why not? I, I'm not allowed on the motorway. I'm not allowed on the M1, Luke. That's, Why? That's, that's number one thing that they, they don't allow you to do as a non-driver. I thought, you, I thought you'd pass your test now. Are you just still learning? No, I'm still learning. Well, I've not gone to a single lesson. Again, they won't let me take a test since I've done a lesson. So you're not even learning? you just got a <laughs> not car? Not even learning. Oh, no, I've got my first lesson on Wednesday. Lovely! Called, called Shamsul, I think his name is. What are you expecting? And I, uh, expecting to I'm, I get a bloody... Um, uh, not high Barnet. Where am I going to? I'm going somewhere that's like 25 minutes away just to have a lesson. So surely you can drive the car They're supposed to, to come me. to you, aren't they? They did in my day. Yeah. Yeah. I remember because I used to hide when I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, what, um, have you, do, you get, do you at least get to do the lesson in your own car? I guess not. No, no, I guess you don't. No, you just, you got, you got whatever they've got, to be honest. I hope it's very similar to a Fiat 500, though. <laughs> I bet, amazingly, if you got there, it was like a fucking Formula One car or something. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> And you do it in this, Dawson, you do it in anything. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. So that'd be exciting. I'll have to keep you updated as to what Shamsol is teaching me, quite frankly. I think very, I mean, my very first lesson, I think, involved me being in some kind of very, very quiet car park and mm. um, having to um, perform a, uh, no, I'm joking, and having to uh, <laughs> just drive around very slowly while the instructor had a car that also had pedals in the footwell of the passenger seat as well. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how much it is to kind of like modify your own car to have extra pedals in I was thinking places. that. Do you reckon that's a decent overhead for a driving instructor? I think it's. I think it would be five hundred quid maximum. It's just. It's all it does is 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 something that clamps down on the original pedal. It's not like it's not anything special, is it? Probably do it yourself, mate. It's, I think you obviously. should do that. I think you should definitely do that yourself. <laughs> just get a two by four and just sort of jam 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 your hands into the, into the <laughs> yeah. accelerator or the brake when they're being Or the shit. do like a get a comedy pair of ropes. That you can just you could use with your hands on the in yeah. the passenger seat, just pull them. Exactly, you'd so, see it in America. You would. Um, so, can I? Am I to? Am I to think that you are looking forward to the pubs opening or not? Because you gave it be quite a non-committal answer. So yeah, um, I've not got anything booked, so I presume I won't be able to have a, a pint in a pub because I've not booked anything, and, and modern life is so very tedious. You have to sort of book book yourself in, haven't you? So no, I've got nothing booked, got nothing planned. Um, so I, what are the what are the changes this week between like meeting people and stuff? Are you allowed to go around people's houses? Are you allowed to meet people inside anymore? Yeah. No, or... you're asking. It's the rule of six no, still, asking. and I think the pub right. situation is that you it's a certain it's a refi- it's a confined amount of people, like a small mm. amount of people in the garden only. And I think right. it's table service, but you do not repeat not have to have a substantial meal because you remember when Scotch yes. eggs had their had their time like late last year. <laughs> Everyone was talking right. about Scotch eggs. Yeah. I remember being in a place and they said, uh, I mean, we have to give you some food. Here's some pita bread. And it was just two bits of pita bread on a plate. And they're going, just, just don't eat it. That's not it's substantial for me. For, it's been there for hours. Don't eat it. Just leave it there so it looks like you're having a meal. Which is <laughs> exactly how the rules should be bent, in my opinion. Yeah, they said that when we were in the pub as well. They said, um, they said, oh, you know, leave a plate of not fully finished food on the table because if we get any inspector come round, then it's yeah. all good. I mean, that yeah. is absolutely ridiculous, isn't it? I'm uh, yeah, that that's ridiculous, and I'm a completist as well. I, I I finish everything on my plate. To be quite frank, I'm not. You, are you a, are you a, a life member of the Clean Plate Club? Are you? I am. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't respect anyone who leaves food on the on their plate. Again, it's that anxiety thing, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it in Japan? Me. Aren't you supposed to leave something on Japan to show that you don't want any more? 
Yeah, and and they're very big on not wasting food and stuff. It's probably yeah. I don't know what that's about, but um, so yeah. for people listening, the custom is you leave a tiny morsel on your plate to show that you enjoyed the meal, but you don't want any more. Yeah, basically. that's pretty much it. So you, how long did, did, you, did you find that out the hard way? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I uh, accidentally because uh, everything's in Japanese, obviously, and I don't speak Japanese, uh, and so I usually um, end up ordering twice as much food than I actually need. <laughs> and, and Pete, we can't go to a break um, without talking about the news of a man I know you admire a lot, um, Prince Philip. Yes, uh, I'd like to put into uh, the world my deep deep respect and love I, i've got no i've got no opinion so I, I can't really possibly comment but it's been a funny few days um the national rail inquiries um turning everything to gray uh little i mean that was weird we can at least agree on that i mean that that was <laughs> tell people what happened however, so in case they don't however know. much you love the monarchy however much you respected um a, a slightly problematic figure in 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 in, in him um i think turning uh, the National Rail Inquiry's multicolored web uh, site from loads of different colors that help you know people who can't see very well with like color blindness and stuff like that um, <clears throat> into grey uh, out of respect for Prince Philip um, <laughs> was a it was a swerve it was a weird one I, I realized that it, I, I just sort of want to grab all the people and sort of go look you don't have to get involved with this nobody's going to National Rail Inquiries for news up-to-date information about the monarchy or love and res- like respect. Nobody expects the National Rail, Rail Inquiry <laughs> website to show respect for anything it's apart purely from time website. and trains. Just they can't, the train they can't respect their own transport mode. How are they going to respect it? And, 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 and the best thing about it was that there was a Twitter conversation which I saw where they had posted that out of respect for Prince Philip, they were turning all the font to grey. Fine, as you've said. Right. Someone <laughs> replied saying, I'm partially sighted that I can't use the website, so can you please let me know when it's going to be turned back? Or can I turn it back? Have I got an option? And someone, and someone from National Rail just replied saying, nah, you can't turn it back, and I'm not sure when you can, so I'll let you know on Monday. <laughs> Cheers. Saturday. I'll let you know on Monday. Thanks very much. Brilliant. All right. Well, I, I, I don't need to go and get my vaccine then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, you know, whatever European of Prince Philip have you sat him down and explained to him what had happened there I don't think he would support it no he it, wouldn't he, he, he's, a, he's not a man who suffered fools well he preferred to drive anyway as we've seen so. <laughs> <laughs> to it, be fair like what? when was that a year ago two years ago like if I'm flipping cars two years before my death and it's not in the 40s. Yeah, I was <laughs> say, you might be. 40s. Yeah, I might be in about a week's time. But like, if I'm flipping cars within like five years of my death at 99, that's a life well lived in many ways, isn't it? It is, but I think there's a light and shade about this. He is doing that, and that was amazing that he was still able to drive. However, he, he did cause an accident, allowed. and two, it was yeah. on his own estate. So yeah, you okay. doing it, you probably, I presume, Pete, unless I'm, I don't mean to do you a disservice, but if you are a multi-billionaire in your 90s, then fair enough. But I presume mm. you would have been doing it on the public road, which yeah, is kind of slightly so, yeah. different. So <laughs> I, I, I just think it's, it's to me, and, you, and I know you feel more strongly about this than than I do and I feel quite strongly about it like you can put the Prince Philip as a character thing aside I actually think the picture of him is far more nuanced than people have said but of course the world these days doesn't lend itself to nuance so I understand that but ultimately the weird thing I find is that the British British society I don't even want to say the British public because it probably isn't even that many of the British public Like, but a certain section of British society 
seem to want to be mawkish and overly earnest about any time someone who's a public figure dies and it manifests itself in the most Alan Partridge of ways and it seems to be happening more and more and I would have thought as I got older I'd have been more in favour of this stuff but I actually think it's getting mm. worse I I think it's 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 old hands being in, in control of new technology and, and they don't right. really know what it's like I don't I didn't need to see a picture a photoshop of um, Captain Tom at the at the pearly gates. Why is he involved? Greeting, <laughs> greeting Prince Philip and asking whether he wants to go for a brandy. I didn't need, <laughs> I didn't need to see that, and the, the, and I don't understand how Captain Tom got up the stairs because he's not he's not he's not no, got wings. In this Philip's situation, no one wins. In the no one wins no. here. There's no one here coming out of this with any credit. You are no. besmirching the name and the image of two dead people, right? And God. And God. God's, yeah, why are you getting... Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, uh, on, on the actual news itself, and it, I personally felt like it was obviously a, it was a bit over the top, but ultimately, Pete, and I'm sure I can get agreement from you on this, a man has died, right? A man with a family has died, for better or worse, in a remarkable life, and I thought it was summed up really nicely by the lobbying group um, I forget their actual name, but they're a lobbying group for, to turn Britain into a republic, right? And they're right. very active on social media. They do a lot of lobbying because their cause, their actual reason, their raison d'etre is to abolish the monarchy. And they posted, mm. to, to their immense credit, as far as I saw, they posted a tweet um, about 8 o'clock in the morning, the day after he died, or a few, a few hours after he died, saying... A man has died. He has a family. Um, this is not a time for us to be making comment. We wish the family all the best. We send our very best regards to his wife and to the family, and we'll be making no further comment. That's all you've got yeah. to do. Yeah. Like, why, no, why is everyone I, I, piping I, I, up? I, I, Especially if you're, especially if you you've got a vested interest in the abolishment of the monarchy, so people will be looking to you to have a spicy take on stuff. Yeah. And if, and if they can have, or to the, affirm the, their the shit, clarity, basically. Yeah. And if they've got the clarity of vision and the um the self the self respect, I think to sort of say, it's not for today. Yeah. Someone's died. We're, we, I think we've made our position clear about this chap mm. <laughs> and, yeah. and and why they exist and why these people exist. I think we've made that very clear. But, you know, it's not for, it's not our day, is it? It's not our yeah. day. We're not celebrating. I don't need to know what the UK branch of Wimpy has to say <laughs> about... I'm, I'm not saying they did tweet about it. I'm just saying that... I don't. We don't need it. We don't need, we don't the, need a the, ceremonial burger added, added <laughs> to the discourse. And also, I don't need to be told that the way that I'm grieving is wrong, and the way that like, listen, he's a man with. It's people who there's that, and there's people who tweet about people who are complaining about the monarchy. You know what I mean? They're sort of going, like you were saying, a man has died. Have some fucking respect. Blah blah blah. blah. And you're like, oh well. No one was really disrespecting it until you started having a go. It just, it just everyone has to have a voice. Everyone has to have a, a you know, say something about it. Can we say that if if, if you see that a public figure has died, if your first action is to load up Photoshop, just step away from the computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Captain Sir Tom uh, Moore underscore Prince Philip underscore Heaven's Pearly Gates dot JPEG dot slash JPEG, final, yeah. final 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 PNG uh, <laughs> yeah. Sun's Shadows. The thing is, Pete, they're not even doing PNGs, are they? <laughs> no, they're probably not. It's probably going to be JPEG. It's going to look terrible. It's going to look. Terrible. I reckon it's a bitmap um, half the time. <laughs> One of the best things I saw over the weekend wasn't even about Prince Philip. It was um, a journalist who had been following uh, DMX around, who obviously sadly passed at the weekend. Um, he 
and 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 he told a story about like two hours before he was supposed to be playing at the mobile awards um you know the height of his power the height of his fame the height of his uh, performance uh, um uh, capabilities he was in hyde park flying like a plane <laughs> flying like a toy plane he basically told his driver to have the day off and then he decided to just drive his driver around london visiting hamley's an Oxford Street-based um, uh, hobbyist uh, and craft shop bought, bought himself this nice, fancy um, uh, remote-control plane, uh, went, drove to Hyde Park like a crazy person <laughs> and dressed in full red camouflage, just started flying um, these little toy planes around Hyde Park. I write that. And he, got it, and, he, and he smashed one into a tree, got told off by a policeman because post-September 11th we weren't allowed to be flying um, unmanned drones around Britain. Um, and certainly not in Hyde Park near near the seat of seat of power, um, and then there's just these lovely shots of, of DMX just in a tree trying to get his plane down. That's funny, this was isn't two it? hours before he was playing at the mobile. That's he funny. just couldn't give a shit. And, and and those are the stories that I like. Those are the ones that are just like, oh good, I'm glad you had a lovely day. <laughs> you know, it also um, it also spawned the story, and this is cut cuts to the very core of what we talked about a second ago about like about modern society. There's a story doing the rounds over the weekend that um, Jay Z is going to buy the DMX masters from whichever mm. person owns them or label owns them and mm. he's going to make sure that they're delivered um, to DMX's children so that the legacy is that <clears throat> obviously he started quite young no mm. opportunity to earn any more money for his family and that, so that his family are basically entitled get, get what they're entitled to but because uh, I don't think he had rights to his master to the masters and it was going to cost like 10 million dollars which I understand to like Jay-Z and Beyonce is probably not that much money but anyway it's a big mm. gesture it's an amazing thing and then the first thing I thought because I'm a victim of modern society is I don't know if that's true or not and so oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah do, okay. Do, do, because because Pete there are an absolute selection Weapons. of complete weirdos who will make up really good feel good stories that aren't true why would yeah, you do that no. yeah why would you ruin my day that's worse than um, the other stuff really in a way because you're delivering false hope yeah no I agree that's a, that's an, that's awful I hope, well I hope that's true I, I do. hope that's not absolute bullshit I do as well. And on that note, uh, we should take the ad break off before we come back delivering more false hope in the shape of listener emails. Um, So we'll do that in a minute. Stick around. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Join us on the Football Ramble as we explore the ridiculous world of football. We bring in-depth analysis of the biggest moments, like Bruno Fernandes' one-eyed penalties. It sounds like a Metallica song. Yeah, it does. <laughs> obviously, like, one eye open. <laughs> but if you have one eye closed, you know your perception. So imagine yeah. if you tried the dink and it just like went like two feet in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> Every weekday, we cover the good, the bad, and the Newcastle. Although Shelby wasn't surprised either he said the way they play isn't great <laughs> <laughs> and you couldn't fucking beat him could you could Shelby be the mole did Bruce accuse the mole of treason <laughs> <laughs> to the Geordie nation yeah putting the football world to rights 
<laughs> you want to put a message on a t-shirt under your shirt, slag yeah. it off your mind. Yeah. That is an absolute minefield in the dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, lads, I'll put it in another language. Do you know how many languages that man speaks? <laughs> with Roy. Yeah. <laughs> I like, like wash with Roy. We're here with the biggest stories from the sport we love, and we want you to get involved too. Search the Football Ramble on your favourite podcast player to listen now. This was a Stakhanov production. It's the Luke and Pete show. It's Monday. Pete and Luke with you. And if you want to get to the show, it is, as always, hello at LukeandPeteShow.com on the email, at Luke and Pete Show on Twitter, and at Luke and Pete Show on the Instagram. Luke, do you want to kick us off with your favourite email of the week, or second or third? No, it's not the favourite, but it's made it oh, in, and I think Craig okay. Clark should be very pleased with himself for doing so. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to the guy. I'm not going to say it's my favourite email of the week. No. It's, it's, okay. but, it, but what he should cling to, Pete, is that it's been good enough to be read out. So I I don't think you should ask for any more than that from us because I think that would be unfair. So Craig Clark says, I've got a life hack that might be of some interest to Luke. I Mm. worked in restaurants as a cook for over 10 years. And one thing that many chefs told me that was that when cutting onions and beginning to get teary-eyed, you should stick your head in the freezer. From my experience, it worked, although it might have been more that you were just out of the the onions' fumes, basically. Mm. Uh, This life hack has spread to my family, and still to this day, I will come into the kitchen while my wife is cooking, and she will be standing with her head in the freezer after cutting some rather potent onions. Love the show. (laughs) All the best, Craig Clark. Now, for those who don't listen to the Football Ramble, one of the catchphrases we say on the show is, fire in the belly, head in the freezer. So this is where Craig's emails come from. I described this email in my notes as this is a hack to stop you crying while chopping onions but there's a bit of a catch i.e. you're not realistically going to put your head in the freezer I mean it's just not going to happen despite what Craig says about his wife I thought he meant you could just walk into a walk-in freezer and carry on chopping your onions because you've got an industrial (laughs) size one at a restaurant right? Right okay yeah but then you're making all of the food in the freezer smell like onions which isn't ideal you cannot have that. There's a reason why there's a little air hole in, in, in those kind of like cross-country trucks to um, to air them out after the after different foods have been in them. You get, onions are very pungent. Uh, what are you vegetable. talking about, a cross-country truck? You know, like those trucks that like take food across country? Right. It's like a little cut, like, so you have like the main doors and then you've got little doors in the main doors um, and there's one at the back of the truck and one at the front. And w- when the truck moves, it airs out whatever's been in before. So say you've had a lot of I onions I didn't even in. know that. So they did it on the way back when they're empty again. Yeah. yeah That's a really good idea. It out effectively. Yeah, no, it's a, it is a good idea. And uh, yeah, for ages, like, people just didn't really know what... Is that common knowledge? Why, why they were slow. Um, I think so, yeah. There was a piece about it. I, I only, I, it reminded me about it like, quite recently. There was a piece about it in some kind of um, website, probably Jalopnik or something. Right, I'd never heard of that before, and I think you've probably imparted quite a good bit of wisdom onto our listenership there. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a bad idea, I suppose, because if you've got a stinky load followed by, I don't know, um, you carting out a, a load of chickens or something, <laughs> the chickens don't want to be smelling of onions, do they? When they're, when they they're being driven to their death. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think what I'd like to know from Craig is if it works when you chop the onions, so you take the chopping board and the onions into a walk-in freezer and chop them in the freezer... Is that going to work? The other person got in touch and said to me, one person got in touch with me once and said to me, if you chop them underwater, it works. It's like, well, yeah, obviously it fucking works. Well, who wants to be chopping onions underwater? That's mental. You wash all the flavour away. Yeah, but what if the... It probably wouldn't, but I think all of the water... Um, what if the water suddenly turned red? You'd be like, oh, I've cut my bloody finger. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to see properly. Or it's a red onion. Or it's a red onion. Or it's a red onion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think probably it helps because it's it's it helps 
undilate all of the like the, the 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 eye holes and stuff. I guess when it's warm, everything kind of opens up. The pores open up, your eyes open up a bit. But when it when it's colder, um, everything kind of like gets a bit smaller. Um, Hello to, who have we got here? Matt in Lincolnshire. Hello, Matt. Morning, the Luke and the Pete. Following on from Pilot Dave's comments on frozen aircraft fuel in the RAF, we combat this by mixing the aviation fuel with antifreeze, which prevents the fuel freezing when operating at extreme temperatures. We have to routinely test this mix to ensure it stays within parameters. Interestingly, our US cousins use a slightly different variant of fuel, which means when our air, RAF aircraft are refueled by US tankers upon landing, we generally need to remix the fuel so it passes our own tests. Boring, but I thought it was worth chucking in my two, two pence worth. I think last week we were talking about um, frozen fuel. Yeah. I find it fascinating that there are different kind of like recipes for fuel uh, as you go around yeah. the world. I bet like in America they use, um, they use like uh, uh, sugar, and down in Mexico, they use like, <laughs> corn syrup. What, what oh, I lovely. find fascinating about it, and, and Matt says it's boring, even though he emailed it in, so good for him. But, mm. I mean, what I find fascinating about it is, is if I was left to my own devices to do something like this, my brain would tell me straight away, the first thing you don't want to be doing is putting anything in the fuel. Do you know what I mean? Leave the right, fuel alone. Okay. That should be sacrosanct. You should be, you should be putting stuff in the fuel, because who knows what's going to happen. Well, I mean, fuel is already a, a, a distillate, isn't it? A, a fuel is already like um, I don't extra know. stuff. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and, I, and I don't think you know either, Pete. Yeah, I can, I I you can know tell either. you. I presume it comes from some sort of derivative of you know, crude oil or whatever that has to be refined hmm. and then changed. Yeah. And, but I don't think I'm the one to be messing with the recipe is what I'm saying. No. Like, you're not like dipping your little finger in and going... No, mm, needs, more, I think, needs I think more flour. When you said sugar, when you said sugar in the in the fuel, it reminded me of the scene in Kingpin where Bill Murray's character Uncle Ernie McCracken puts the sugar in Woody Harrison Roy Munson's gas tank to mm. purposely break his car. Mm. So he has to, so they have to ride together and do a do a scam together. So sugar in the gas tank is not very good for you, I don't think. You shouldn't be doing sugar that. Sugar in the gas tank is a classic. I think it was a song, "Sugar in the Gas Tank" by somebody. Oh, but classic, a band you like? Well, that's movement. almost certainly a newfound glory song or something. <laughs> <laughs> Might be Lagwagon. <laughs> Real big fish. Yeah, oh, so um, I was playing. I was playing Real Big Fish to Andy uh, Brassel and the before a ramble recording last week, and he was he was he was nodding along. It's not cool enough for him, is it? Hip-hop. None along. Um, you know what Marcus is like? Marcus mentioned Coldplay to Andy. Just literally said the word Coldplay last Friday. And yeah. Andy's nose turned up in a way I've never seen it before. Like He's so <laughs> genial and so lovely all the time. You just say the word Coldplay, he looks like he wants to commit murders. <laughs> he's like one of those little red cellophane fish. He just rolls up into a ball. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. Oh, gross. It's, it's, it's immensely triggering for him to mention any kind of easy listening. Because I remember the first time I met Andy, I went around his house. Or well, the first time I went around his house sorry and he had like decks set up with like some quite heavy drum and bass on the turntables all right okay yeah nice. so he's that kind I of like guy it. anyway <laughs> anyway let's get out of here peter anyway all right then let's do it um i've been pete donaldson he's been luke mill we'll be back on thursday for more of this chod uh, if you want to get to the show hello at lukepeteshow.com and you can check us out on twitter and instagram just do a search i'm gonna hold your hand i'm not your dad see you on thursday This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.